Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating vehicles to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. This year celebrates eight years and more than 750 vehicles donated. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn and complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance, which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. It's Mondays with Mikey and Murph. We talking Raiders and football dirt. Because it's a new Raider talk show. We having good times. Let's go. It's Monday with Mikey and Murph. What's good? Raider Nation, here we are. We're back to do it again for another year so far. We're having a good time. We're going to do it live every Monday beyond the line. We're going to do it big. We got Murph in the fan cave doing his gig. I'm Mikey Raider, and we on the air. We are the Raider Nation, and we never do scare because it's Monday with Mikey and Murph. We talking Raiders and football dirt. Cause it's a new Raider talk show. We having good times. Let's go. It's Mondays with Mikey and Murph. Oh my goodness, Murph. The preseason has started. The Raiders are actually on the field, but they're missing their star player. And I'm a little bit bummed. How you doing with this situation? I'm doing fantastic, Mikey. It's glad to be back on Mondays with Mikey and Murph. Glad to be back here on On Air Nation, which uh, I can't wait to do the show tonight, man. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I guess we're going to talk plenty about this story, though, that thankfully is already over. I don't think it's over yet. There's always drama with AB, as has been proven. But other than that, hey, we're back. This is a new season. Basically, this is season two of Mondays with Mikey and Murph, where we go over some headlines. We have a debate. We also review each and every game, and now we get to review Hard Knocks every week for at least four or five more weeks. So we're going to have a good time doing that. We hope you guys enjoy it. This is our show, and we love giving it to you. This is my co-host, my partner in crime. His name is Murph. He runs an amazing podcast. He does it big. Let him tell you some information about what he does on his channel. Thank you very much, Mikey. Appreciate that. Yeah, so we do a, a flagship show. It's called Raiders Fan Radio. I do that with my Uncle Mosh and our new buddy, our 
uh, social media director. We call him Swag Jeff. And uh, so, yeah, we do Raiders Fan Radio every week uh, live on, on YouTube on Wednesday nights. We started off as an audio-only podcast, but uh, thank you to Brother Mikey for encouraging us to take it to a live stream, and we have, and, and have had an awesome response so far. So thank you to those of you that support our, our channel. So it's youtube.com slash Murph's Fan Cave, and we call it Murph's Fan Cave because uh, you get more than just Raiders Fan Radio. You get uh, that show, the flagship show. You get the Fan Club Blitz with Splatterhead, Tom Fitz, and sometimes Pot. Uh, and those are the guys from the New Jersey chapter of the Black Hole. They're an awesome uh, fan booster club from up there in, uh, uh, in, in northern New Jersey. And uh, those guys just represent Raider Nation uh, to the fullest. In fact, this week they had KC Raider Nation on as, as an interview, uh, talking about their big picnic and all their whatever get-togethers. Uh, so it's a great show, and it's all about the fans and all about the fan clubs. Uh, then we also do Tales from the Nation, which is uh, where Swag Jeff, our social media director, and I, we get together and we talk about famous moments in Raider history. Uh, so that could be you know famous named plays, or it could be something like Derek Carr breaking his leg. Sometimes when uh, when bad things happen. Um, and then also you get the audio version of this show. You get the audio version of, of Mondays with Mikey and Murph. And you can find all that stuff on any podcast service. Uh, just search for Murph's Fan Cave. That's M-U-R-F-S Fan Cave. Search for it. Subscribe to it. And we appreciate all your support. And you can pick up these wonderful Get Made shirts on his channel with proceeds going at the end of the year to the Fred Belindikoff Foundation. It's for a good cause. And we will support it. And that's what we do here on Mondays with Mikey and Murph and Murph Fan Cave and On Air Nation. All right, I just want to let everybody know we got a little bit of a new feature. Uh, we're a- unable to really look at the chat room all the time during the show. And sometimes we have internet problems and video problems like we are a little bit today. But we're still going to push through every show as best we can. And we wanted to let everybody know if you support and donate during the show, proceeds will hopefully go to all of us. <laughs> We give you a funny nickname. So people that donated on the last show, I personally gave them a funny nickname. But you're going to get a funny nickname from Murph and I for next week's show if you donate to our channels during the show in Super Chat or What Be You. And we thank you. But that being said, it's time to get this started. We got a big doozy of a show. And let's get into it. Murph, headlines, breadlines, deadlines. You know what? I just paid my rent this month, and I'm good. Oh, there you go. But And you missed the uh, blow your mind. I yeah. missed that part. You yeah, either, like, blow your mind and just don't want to pay rent? Headlines, deadlines, blow my mind this month. Murph, I was able to pay my rent. Congratulations. I'm telling you, with YouTube, it's hard to. Let's, you know, I'm telling you. All right, let's do it. Raider Nation, this is what I call the great debate. Whether you agree with me or Murph, I don't care. But if you want to hit a thumbs up for me or a thumbs up for Murph or a thumbs down or you want to write Mikey or Murph in there, I don't care. But I want to know who wins because it's always a contest in life. No matter what we say or do, it's always a contest. So let us know who you agree with on each and every segment down below in the forums or with the like buttons. And as Murph keeps telling me, I am apparently a what, Murph? Master? Debater. (laughs) So there it is. Let's get right into it. The first topic is a topic that nobody wants to discuss, and we're kind of over it, but we haven't done a show in about a month. So we're going to talk about it. Um, 
I don't want to show his feet. That's why I don't really have the picture online. But I thank have a, goodness. Thank I, you for not showing his feet. That's a nasty picture. We'd have to look at the feet picture for like five minutes while we do this segment. But I wrote a question mark. Uh, and where's my script? I think I had a script. There we go. What's the question? Um, what's going on with this feet situation? Is anybody to blame? Is it really cryogenic frozen feet? What's going on, Murph? I, I don't know, man. Who Who's to blame? I don't know. Well, I think you got to blame Antonio Brown, and I think you have to blame whoever it is that administers the cryotherapy treatment, right? What's surprising to me is that, uh, and I don't know if he's got a thing in his house. I think that's what it is. I think he's actually just got one in, in his crib there. But what's surprising to me is that he did it in France. He did it. He flew to France to do it. All right. Then whoever is administering the treatment, you would think that they would have enough awareness to check the guy's footwear to make sure he's wearing the right thing into the cryo chamber. So here's the thing about Antonio Brown is that if you think about it, you know me, I'm Captain Positive, right? I always look for the the bright side of the story. Positive. Captain Positive. Captain positive. So the, the thing is, is that if you look at it like this, Raider Nation, this guy is is got such a strong work ethic that even when he jacks up his feet, he's willing to get out there and run around on these screwed up feet and make them absolutely even worse to the point to where he's dealing with what he's dealing with. So, But I'm going to give you the short and, and curt version of this, uh, and this is probably going to be my answer on every single Antonio Brown topic ever. <laughs> this is what I've been telling people in my real life, as what I've been saying on our show, and I'm going to say it on this show too. The Raiders have said from day one, he's not going to play in the preseason. So until Antonio Brown is not on the field in week one, I don't care about any of this. The only thing I care about is that the Raiders are going to miss having a future Hall of Famer on the field if that were to come to the come to, to, to fruition. But outside of that, none of this stuff matters. Yeah, I think it really does. It just shows I don't understand his decision-making. I understand the cryogenic chamber is a mistake. But who made that mistake and why? I mean, apparently he went to France to do it. And this is a company that knows what these athletes should wear on their feet. So did Antonio Brown deny whatever they offered him? Or did he bring his own thing? What did he want to do? He said, I'll do it my way. Or I like these shoes just like I like the helmet. You know, what happened? Is it a mistake on his fault as well? Again, nobody can answer that. But the company could be liable if they caused the issue. And Antonio Brown wants to get his money. So why not sue them for messing up your damn training camp? If that's the damn case, if it's their fault. But we haven't heard any word that Antonio Brown is seeking you know, reprimand from them or anything. So that maybe squares the the blame on Antonio. I mean, who knows? Yeah, well, of course it lies with him. I mean, ultimately, these guys are responsible for their bodies. It's their tools. It's their equipment. You know what I mean? They have to take care of their bodies. And look, and that's what Antonio Brown was trying to do. He was trying to recover. That's why you go to these cryogenic treatments and all that stuff. So, you know, he's ultimately, yeah, it's, it's his fault about why. I mean, it's just like if you took a supplement... Or you take a, a, a yeah, you take a supplement. It's got a banned substance in it. Well, they don't go after the supplement manufacturers. No, you shouldn't have taken that. You should have known better than to take it. Well, so it's the same thing. So yeah, ultimately, it's going to lie. The responsibility lies with Antonio. But again, I think this thing's about over, man. We're we're really close to coming to the end of this. Thank goodness. 
Yeah, I hope so. I just got a little worried because I, 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 I actually saw, I keep calling it a, a pediatrician, but a podiatrist around that time. And he looked at the pictures and he was like, man, he goes, that looks pretty bad. If it, if it is frostbite and all that, he goes, it's a three-month recovery just for them to officially get the skin off, you know, like all the messed up skin. But uh, it just scares me that, it, you know, it might be a little lingering and he'll play on it. I know he'll tough it out. But it is still a, a scary injury when your feet is what makes you money. But it looks like it's coming to a head and coming to a close. So we're going to end it here. But I'm just questioning a lot of Antonio Brown's decision making. And I didn't think he was going to be doing stuff like this. And that brings us to the next subject, Murph. Uh, news was reported maybe about an hour or so ago about the helmet story that we're going to talk about. Uh, but Antonio Brown was fighting to keep his helmet against the NFL, and they gave a report on his appeal today. He lost the appeal. They were not going to overturn and let him wear the helmet because if they did, that would have been Pandora's box for every other player in the league to try to get theirs as well. And he wrote this on Twitter. While I disagree with the arbitrator's decision, I'm working on getting back to full health and looking forward to rejoining my teammates on the field. I'm excited about this season. I appreciate all the concerns about my feet. Always a fight. Represent. It's bigger than me. Uh, your thoughts on this announcement and this report? Well, clearly this is uh, somebody's PR person putting out this <laughs> statement. This wasn't AB. And, and if it wasn't obvious enough by the wording, it's in quotes. Correct. Like what dummy freaking PR guy did that? You know what I mean? But anyways. Yeah, if um, you compare his old text where he writes, you know, get dough, hit that on those, you know he did not write that. That's damage control right well, there. Well, it's just, yeah, and I mean, just the overall structure of it. It's just an apology, basically. And then the fact that they left it in quotes, like that just cracks me up. But anyways, um, <laughs> so, it, you know, yes, it's over. And yes, we're going to move past it. And, you know, I, I think a lot of different things on this. I mean, there's a part of me that wants to say, come on, dude. You know, every other player in the entire NFL got over this you know, has no problem with this. You're the only one, so get over yourself. Um, part of me wants to say that, but there's also something else that I think is very true, is that when you're this high level of an athlete and you're this exact of an athlete and the smallest, most minute details have a big impact and, and, and make a big difference, and whether it was, you know, guys like Jerry Rice or Fred Bolitnikoff or whoever, they're very particular about everything from their equipment, top to bottom. And I'll never forget something that Dion says all the time. And I wasn't a fan of Dion as a player, but I like him as an analyst. And he says, if you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you play good, right? And that's I think that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about a guy that's at the absolute pinnacle of his athletic performance. And now there's something that wants to get tweaked in that. So while I do think that he should just get over himself, which clearly he has, because he's not going to leave $30 million in guaranteed money on the table. He's not going to put on hold his Hall of Fame career. The, the logic, does logic dictate that he's not going to play? Did it? I know it's over now, but at the time, did logic dictate that he wasn't going to? No. So until it's a story, again, until he's not on the field in week one, I wasn't worried about it. Gruden wasn't worried about it. Nobody was worried about it except for who? 
the people that wanted to get clicks on their articles and wanted you to watch them on TV, whatever. That's the people that we're talking about. Nobody else had a concern with this. He filed his grievance. It got denied. Stick and move, man. It's time to move on from it. And here was the last thing, last point that I'll make about it. And I got into an actual for real, like heated argument with my brother about this yesterday. He's a stupid Niner fan. And he likes to take a pop <laughs> shot at the Raiders every time he possibly can. And that's fine. I understand that. But he was telling me, he was trying to compare it to like, oh, it's another classic Raiders move. It's another classic Raiders, you know, brought on high price talent. It's another classic Raiders dysfunction. And I'm like, this is such a departure from anything that had ever happened in the past. And here's why. If the Raiders, if Antonio Brown doesn't show up, and the Raiders void his contract. Do you know what it actually cost us? One million? Zero. You know why? Because that million dollars gets refunded. It gets paid back by Antonio Brown should we file that. And you know what? We didn't go into this season, offseason, planning on him being the number one wide receiver anyways. We targeted Tyrell Williams. So at the end of the day, if he didn't show up, he's never taken a snap as a Raider as it is. So he ain't a Raider yet. Look, I want him to be a Raider. I want to see that future Hall of Famer on the field. I want to see his 1,000 yards and his 15 touchdowns and his chemistry with Derek Carr. I want to see all of it. But if for some reason it all went to pot and he didn't show up, well, so what, man? We move on. We got a season to play. We can just leave him in the freaking dust. That's how I feel about it. You know what I mean? Like, until there's a reason to get wound up about it, I mean, other than just being on the show <laughs> talking about it, but other than that, like, in the whole perspective, like, I mean, I can't tell you how many messages and emails and texts and all I've had from um, tons of people over this thing. And I'm like, stop it. Like, it's not that big of a deal, man. Like, wait till it's a big deal and then we'll freak out. Yeah, I beg to differ, man. It's a huge deal to me. Why? I mean, look, look, I'll I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you why it's a big deal to me. Again, whether you guys agree or not, that's fine. But like, it's just the decision making. And then what was that report that came out that he said he was going to retire? I mean, he said yeah, that. right. Yeah, he, I know, but he's not. You think, again, what does logic, t- does logic tell you that he's going to walk away from $30 no, million no. guaranteed dollars of over this? Of course not. No, the answer to that is of course not. But so he had, he had it's a like child. Worrying about whether you're, it's he like had worrying a, about whether your plane's going to crash. He had a oh, child, childish moment, and he's been doing that a lot. And that is a concern. It's, Why? That when because he's not in camp. He whether he's got hurt feet or not, he could be watching film. He could be on the field in in a wheelchair watching the team. He could have been uh, on the sidelines with the team building a chemistry. He's not doing that, that. He's having childish moments, and it's freaking annoying. But it doesn't impact anything. If it did, John Gruden would be up his rear end. That's what I'm trying to tell you, man. You think John Gruden is going to allow a player like that to come in and primetime him and primetime the organization and not put in the work and not put in the effort and just get away with it? You think, I don't care if you're Antonio Brown or not. There's no way that anybody gets away with that on a John Gruden-led team. And I think and again, does. John Gruden is what, different this year. He's different this nah, year. He, nah, don't, don't, he came out and spoke glowingly of Antonio Brown. He wouldn't do that for any other player besides the $30 million man that we got on this team. And now, because he's, he's been not talk- worried about it. But he's been That's talking good about Derek Carr as well. He is a different John Gruden this year. Because, you're, because he's not he worried is. about it. 
Last year he called out. Last year he called out Derek Carr. He called out multiple players, and then all the hatred that came from it. He's trying to avoid it, so he's not doing it. He's acting more professional this year. And then the statement about Antonio Brown after the game. It was it was very nice though to see Gruden talk about Antonio after the game, where he said, you know, it was a personal mistake, and you know we want him on this team, and the helmet is a. Is a personal choice. I like what Gruden's doing, but I don't think Gr- I think Gruden is letting a lot of things slide right now. I'm just Mike, being honest. I think it's week is. one of the preseason. Let this team go two and four, and then we'll see how nice John Gruden's being. Okay, he's not changed his tune. He's not changed as a coach. He's not going to change from now or the next nine years that we know guaranteed he's going to be the Raiders. Publicly, he he has publicly. He doesn't want to make all those mistakes. Absolutely not. It was because everybody was getting, and I'm going to include you on this, man. Everybody was getting all wound up about Gruden last year, and oh, he was this, and oh, he was that. Rant and raving and hooting and hollering about Graven. He about Gruden. He has not changed. The man is not. He's been the same coach since day one. He's always has been. It's we. It's the. That's the fan. It's you, the proverbial you that changed. That's what changes. The freaking coach does not change. He hasn't changed his tune. Dude, no one's going to primetime John Gruden. It's not going to happen. And so there's my last point. And this is what I brought up to my brother. What is it actually impacted? And he said, well, it's going to be this and it's going to be. I said, ah, catch yourself. It's going to be. You're speculating. Take speculation out of the equation. Tell me the tangible change it's made in the Raiders. You tell me right now. Give me a hard fact of what dysfunction, distraction, negative impact Antonio Brown has had on the Oakland Raiders. If you could tell me one, I'll agree with you. That's not speculation. You tell me one thing. I think I think certain players and maybe some of the staff have issues with a few things that are going on. Where did you hear them say that? Where did you hear them say that? Well, I mean, I read the article by Michael okay. Silver. Bingo. But I don't Who's, trust him. I don't trust him. I don't trust him. I don't trust him either because why? Because he speculates. I'm talking about facts. You no, I know. I don't. Fact. I don't have any. I don't have exactly. any. I just think. That, I just and think nobody some of them does. Do. Nobody does. None You're of right. these media idiots do. Silver doesn't. Florio doesn't. Colin Coward doesn't. Dan Patrick doesn't. None of them have facts. You know who's got facts? John Gruden, Antonio Brown, Mike Mayock. So until those guys tell me something different, I'm gonna trust. Them. Yeah. No. I just. I just think personally, some people have problems with it, but they're not speaking about it. Uh, but that being said, this is damage control. No matter what you think about it, Gruden and the team are doing damage control. As you just stated with what Antonio Brown wrote, that was from a PR person. So, you know, I'm glad it looks like it's ending. And I'm glad Gruden put, you know, publicly his trust in Antonio Brown. Because one day later, after John Gruden said that, we kind of have an end. And it looks like Antonio Brown is coming back to the table. So, I think... What Gruden said went a long way publicly for Antonio Brown's psyche and made him feel wanted and respected again. And I'm proud to see that. And I can't wait to get him on the field. All right, let's move on from the Dark Helmet saga that I... <laughs> remember, remember Dark... What was that movie with the Dark Helmet? Space, dark? Spaceballs. Spaceballs. Yeah. People were putting memes of Antonio Brown like in that Spaceball helmet. And like, nah, I don't want it. I don't want it. Set thrusters to ludicrous speed. <gasps> Luker oh, speed. I haven't watched that movie in years. I got to do it again. We've gone plaid, sir. It's the sh- it, may the Schwartz be with you. 
All right, Hard Knocks training camp with the Oakland Raiders debuted last week, and it was a doozy for me. It was a long time coming. I thoroughly enjoyed it. The reviews are in. People said it was boring. But for me, an NFL documentary fan, a Raider fan, I thought it was fantastic. I do believe the Raiders cut out some things that they didn't want to show. But what's your overall impression of Hard Knocks, and what did you do for the event? I'm, I'm, I'm going to try not to go full crazy hater here, man. Because oh, you're, you're said, on fire today, boy. You, I'm telling, I'm feeling it tonight. It's something's hidden brother. tonight. Something's hidden tonight. Yeah. You're coming yeah. out. My, my brother got me wound up with his stupid Niner takes. Uh, anybody that didn't like this show, I'm not going to call you an idiot. Anybody that didn't like this show, I won't. I don't understand it. Uh, if if you are, I don't know, if you got a pulse and you're a sports fan, this is brilliant television. I don't care what team you root for. I've seen every minute of every single Hard Knocks episode. Um, not because I'm a Ravens fan or a Bengals fan or a Browns fan or Texans or whoever else has been on there. It's just good television. If you're an NFL fan, if you're a sports fan, to gain that kind of access and insight into an NFL team, it's great. And I know this is my fandom talking a little bit here, but this has been the best season after just one episode of all of them. It was entertaining. It was funny. The dynamic from the serious moments to the funny moments and everything in between was great. I mean, it was, you had almost a couple cringeworthy moments. Like, <laughs> this was good television. So, and Mikey, you know better than anybody, this is what you do for a living. I mean, this was just a well-crafted, produced television show. Don't you think? I don't understand anybody that says it was boring. Then I don't know what you think is fun. Like, yeah, they, they wanted to see Gruden yell, cuss words constantly. So whoever had the final cut, I don't care. The point is the Raiders want to present something, and they didn't show Vegas, but they showed a lot of legacy and they talked about the old Raiders, and people had issues with that. They're like, we don't care. The Raiders still live, live off the old legacy, and that's all they live off of. But again, I don't care. That's what I live off of. So I freaking loved it, yeah. and, I, and I loved how they ended it with family. Instead of you know drama, what? they ended it with family, and I freaking loved it. Amen. Me too. I thought that was a brilliant way to do it. And because, look, anybody that says they spent too much time on the legacy of the Raiders— I question how much of a fan of the Raiders you are then, man, because that's the whole point of the Raiders. It is it is the legacy. It is the tradition. It is the uniforms that never change. Victor Fur called John Madden filler. Victor Fur called John Madden segment as filler. They had nothing else, so they made it as filler. Are you kidding me? It's unbelievable. And, I, you know, I... I've had Vic on my show a, a few times. It's been a while since we had him. And ever since he left and went to the athletic, I don't want to say I've lost respect for him, but I've lost um, confidence in his reporting. It's becoming agenda-driven, uh, much like a Tim Kawakami or you see others. I mentioned some of the big-time national guys earlier. It's becoming agenda-driven. He's taking pot shots at the Raiders. And a lot of these local guys who once upon a time were great friends to the team and and to the fans are now bitter because the Raiders are leaving and they're taking their shots at the team and that's a prime example of that that's a completely unfair shot if you have an awareness of the Raiders you have an awareness of the past if you don't think that that scene of the alumni dinner 
with Phil Villapiano, the famous Italian linebacker for the Raiders, sitting at the head of the table. Like you would have <laughs> I didn't a, notice if, that. You're right. If you don't think that's by uh, uh, that's very intentional, like if you think, look at how well crafted those shots were, and who they chose to speak and when. It was just again, it was great television. And if you don't like the past, then I don't know. Then go root for another team. I mean, seriously, like. That's what we do. I do an entire show called Tales from the Nation about significant historical moments about the team. We've had Phil Villapiano on our show. We're going to have Fred Bolitnikoff on our show. We, 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 we respect and honor the past because you know what, Raider Nation? It was glorious. And I'm sorry if you weren't alive back then to see it. Then go watch it. Go watch a YouTube video. Go watch what the AFL Raiders were like when we beat the crap out of the Houston Oilers in the AFL championship. Go watch that stuff. Go learn about that stuff. That's your legacy, man. Like, embrace that. It's great stuff. And that's what the Raiders are all about. And it also, there's the last thing I'll say. Boy, I'm fired up tonight. Um, <laughs> we're not going to do this every episode. If you've ever watched Hard Knocks before, you know this thing progresses from the established seasoned veterans into the rookie battles. That's the way the storylines work. Eventually, it's going to be about Jason Cabinda or Quentin Bell or whoever else. Get Kowser. Those those are the guys they're going to start focusing on. We'll probably get an entire segment about the fact that uh, Kowser speaks Chinese. You know what I mean? Like get stuff like that that's what the shows it but this had to establish the raiders and how do you establish the raiders legacy tradition pride and poise commitment to excellence the autumn freaking win man if that alone didn't get you fired up then again exactly for the wrong team they're trying to honor they're trying to honor oakland the legacy of the raiders as much as they can at least within that first episode and i had no issues with it uh favorite and worst moment Worst moment might have been uh, Abram talking back to Gruden a little bit. I think that there was a little bit of fabrication. I think there was a little bit of acting going on. You know, um, you know, not every reality show is reality. There's, I'm always are, acting. You know what I mean? And so I think they were. Play- <laughs> I think they were playing a little bit, um, but it was still kind of like, ooh, like, yeah, it's cringy. It's very cringy. Got a little cringy for a minute. It got a little cringy when he was giving Derek crap about his, his money at, at dinner. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. So give me your your favorite moment now. All right. So my favorite moment, it's got to be the beginning. I mean, when even though I heard Gruden's nightmare speech before, um, hearing it with any bleeps, hearing it with the curse words, and, all, and I, I think that's what it's got to be. I mean, that's going to be an all-time Raider quote. I'll, I'll give you a, a 1B was when right before he cut Ronald Ollie. And he's just walking with one of the player personnel guys. And he goes, you know what? Let's get rid of some of these effing guys that don't want to be here. Just like very matter of fact, very abruptly. And then next thing you know, Ronald Ali was getting cut. And you know, Chris Warren was too. They didn't show that. Um, but so that, that, that was my favorite part. I'd say those two moments and just because they're kind of the same moment. It's kind of the same, that impact, that, that, that realness. You want to see John Gruden real and unfiltered? Well, there you go. There it was. Yep. Uh, my favorite moment is when John Madden came on screen coaching, talking about the seven-man sled. Then they cut back to Gruden coaching, players hitting the sled back and forth, back and forth. It was like the contrast between Gruden and Madden and how they're basically the same. And 
just on a different spectrum many years later. They kept going back from Gruden to Madden, and I loved it. That was the most favorite moment I ever saw, and I loved it. And now my worst moment, it's just everything Jonathan Abram. So that's why I brought up this question now. Uh, everything Jonathan Abram irked me, uh, bothered me. I felt he was too brash. I love his attitude on the field. But when it goes off of the field, I don't know if he wants to create a character or become a star for the cameras or if he's truly that brash um, and that I call it disrespectful at times. I don't know how to deal with characters of that issue. They scare me, but that's me. That's not anybody else, but that's me. But when he was sitting and talking about Derek Carr, his money, his family, then he walked up to Gruden and kind of gave it back to him. I just, I didn't understand where he thought any of them were respected or they were authoritative over him or he didn't want to let the power go. It just really bothered me. I don't know if it was fake or not, but I want that on the field. I just don't want it against your coaches or your leader of the team. I don't know. So Jonathan Abram, should he ever be mic'd up again? Uh, yeah, he's fun to watch, and I'll love every minute of it. <laughs> so I'll, even if it's cringy, I, I want to watch it. But what yeah. take you on Jonathan Abram? Yeah, I agree. It was um, so in the initial. My initial response was I thought, well, that was a little off-putting. You know that that was a little you know bad manners. You know, if anything, talking about another man's money at a, at a dinner table when he's buying. You know what I mean? Like he's buying your meal, and it's, I'm like, okay, that's not really. I, it's not something that I would have done. He brought um, up his kids, too. He put his uh, kids in that conversation. Uh, if then, I was your cha- kids, I would take the money. Like, what the heck? Are you yeah. And then challenging the coach, um, you know, that was that was another one. But I here's where, after thinking about it, processing a little bit, he's, look, he's a young man, okay? he's So he's got some immaturity to him. We all were when we were that age. Um, so he's got some immaturity. He's a first-round pick. So, yeah, he's brash. He's carrying a lot of confidence. But I don't think he had ill intent. And I think that's where, whether you're a comedian that gets away with a, with a you know, an, an off-color joke or, you know, you work blue with some salty language and stuff, you know, you get away with that stuff depending on your intent. Is your intent to hurt? Is your intent to belittle or to demean or to, uh, you know, establish a prejudice or, a, a, you know, a prejudgment against someone? If that's your intent then it is awful. It's despicable behavior. I don't think Jonathan Abram has a malicious bone in his body. I think he's silly. I think he's brash. I think he's a little crazy because you have to be to run full speed at someone that's running full speed at you and want to take their freaking, you know, take their block off. You got to be a little nuts. So he's a little nuts. And you know what? The Raiders should be a little nuts. That's, here we go, legacy again. That's what we were built on. We won Super Bowls because we had a bunch of players that were a little nuts. Ted Hendricks, Matt Millen, Jack Tatum, Atkinson. You know what I mean? The list goes on and on and on and on. John Matuzak. They were all a little, a little nuts. So Jonathan Abram is a little nuts. I like him. So, yeah, drain it in a little bit maybe, but that'll probably come with age and with some, with some coaching. But I don't, think there's, I don't think he's done any of this. He hasn't, he hasn't attack. earned he hasn't earned anything in the league yet though so I don't know why he's demanding respect from coaches and 
players like Derek Carr. He's very sarcastic to me. He's the, well, I see. I don't think he's demanding anything. That's the, that's the difference. Did you that. did you see the interview where he uh, talked on what was it NFL Network uh, against Steve Smith, the wide receiver that trash yeah. talks a lot too? Yeah, yeah. He, he said he was going to lacerate his spleen. Yeah. And well, Steve said Smith called him a gazelle and said he just needs to listen more. And it's just, I don't know, it's just a little too much for me. I don't know. Steve Steve Smith has gotten into it with just about everybody oh, that works course. at the NFL Network, so that's not anything new. But it's, a, not, continue, it's a continuation of Abram either playing that character or wanting to prove the power to everybody. Or, you know, he's a star now. Hey, you know, he's a hey, star. If he's got a chip on his shoulder and that's what it takes to motivate him to go out there and to wipe out Tyreek Hill, <laughs> go for it. have at it. And that brings us to this one. We don't have to. We call speak that on a it. segue in the biz, Mikey. <laughs> yeah, the boom, 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 segue. Uh, we don't have to talk about it much, but uh, what's your thoughts on punishment or Tyreek Hill? Do you think he deserved any, or just I just wanted to know your thoughts. Um. Well, since I'm all fired and up up tonight, I might as well just go for it. I think he's a despicable human being, and uh, and I think it, it's a sham that the NFL uh, suspends Richie Incognito for saying something when he's not even on an NFL roster, and then this guy says hateful, awful, you want to talk about intent? Here you go. Says mm-hmm. hateful, awful, malicious things to his, uh, to, you know, his, his girlfriend, the mother of his child, and then, uh, and then potentially had caused uh, physical damage to his own son. I mean, it's just, you know, you can't get scummier than that. So F him. I don't curse on this show. But F this guy, and it's an embarrassment that he's in the league. And I don't ever wish injuries on players, but if Jonathan Abram wants to freaking gut this guy over the middle of the field, okay. There it is. Uh, I just, I really, really hate that no punishment came, whether it be a fine, whether it be anything, even from the Chiefs. He should have publicly stated, you know what, the Chiefs should suspend me for a game or two at least. Like, just if you want to take... You know, whether proof this or that, just do it. You know, like just speak up, be a man. I it just it really is annoying. He's not. He's not because Correct. real men don't hit their kids like that. You know, I'm not talking about like giving a kid a spanking or something, but I'm talking about physical abuse to do damage to your child. Tell me hitting the kid in the chest and saying, Oh, we always teach him how to box. Yeah, because three year olds box. Like, give me a break. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, physical damage to a child or to to a to a uh, to a female, and just the verbal abuse. Dude, like, forget it. Like, this guy's just seriously like he's a scumbag. Like, I, 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 he still should be punished. I mean, I, I can't get into all that he did this or did that. I don't care. Players have been punished for multiple less things than what was exactly. basically presented to us. And the league, it's ridiculous. And it shows that they're favoring the damn Kansas City Chiefs and they want him on the field. It's just really, really bad, to say the least. Uh, quick thoughts on Jalen Richard about vaccinating, how he said he won't vaccinate his kids. Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, everybody parents their kids different, man. You go do your thing, but just don't endanger my family because you choose not to, you know, embrace certain technologies that prevent freaking terminal illness. Yeah, there's a lot of people on different sides of the spectrum. But um, whether I agree or I don't, I truly respect Jalen Richard for speaking his mind because in today's day and age, so many people that's against the norm, they want to condemn you so quickly. And again, whether he made this decision or not, I'm just actually proud a young player is speaking up and he's not afraid of the after effects that are going to come to him. 
So that's sure. why I applaud Jalen Richard for speaking his truth, because not many people do that nowadays. Unless um, you're on this show. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Cliff, Cliff Branch passed away. Oh, so, man. Any, any stories or any memories of Cliff Branch? Yeah, my, I played um, an audio clip on our last uh, Raiders fan radio of uh, of Cliff in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl fifteen uh, in New Orleans against the Eagles, and uh, you know the reason I chose the clip that I did, and I don't have it handy to play, but just to give you a description of it, you know, Plunkett throws a pass down deep downfield. Uh, Cliff Branch catches it at like the one yard line and then like kind of walks into the end zone. And what made it so special was that while the ball was in the air, he made just like a little wiggle, like a sidestep and kind of juked the defender and the defender went by him. And he just, just really casually caught the ball and kind of walked into the end zone. And, you know, the Raiders, here we go. Talk about the legacy of the team. It was very gritty. It was toughness. It was, you know, uh, defensively, it was, you know, uh, you know, take people's heads off. It was quick strike offense. You know, deep downfield. You know, it was high pressure. Right. It was. It was very aggressive. Cliff was smooth, man, and especially in this game. And just that simple little adjustment, just that simple little wiggle, that talent that he had. Uh, it was just, you know, it was it was amazing. And when you look at the at his peers that are in the Hall of Fame. His numbers not only stack up, but in many cases are better than. It's an absolute shame that he's not there. Uh, it's an absolute shame that he's going to be inducted posthumously like Stabler was. The good news is, is that he'll get in, and hopefully Flores gets in at the same time, and they can pay proper respects to Cliff Branch. But, um, yeah, rest in peace to Cliff. And condolences to his family. And This was one of the greats, man. I mean, this is on the he's on the short list of all-time greatest Raiders, so we will miss him. Yeah, truthfully, I met him um, at a Raider event where he was signing autographs, and I think the autographs were like forty bucks. But I didn't have the forty dollars. Once he told me, he saw my he saw my face light up, and then I was like, "Oh, okay, you know, maybe I'll buy a picture later." And then I walked away, and then a little while late, like maybe about thirty forty minutes later, he walked right up to me, and then he goes, "I'll sign anything you have," and then he signed my hat that I had on. Wow. So, wow, um, that's what, cool. What an amazing guy just to, because he saw me filming and he saw a lot of the Raider super fans, you know, like Gorilla Rilla being a part. Like, I guess he didn't know that I had a video channel and maybe all of them told him or he realized maybe I was something big or, or special or whatever. And then he just came over and he just represented. So he'll be missed. Um, who do you think should like the final Oakland fame flame? I don't know if we asked this before. But um, do you have an, an answer for the final Oakland Flame? I think the answer's got to be Coach Madden. I mean, it's I, – I, I don't know how his health is. I know that we haven't seen him much here lately. Um, Apparently he and, called a lot of people after Cliff Branch passed away. Uh, so I heard some information that he made a bunch of phone calls, you know, to console the families and friends and people, players. Cool. So that looks good. Okay, good. Yeah, I mean, you know, I loved it that we got to see Coach Madden, you know, at the ceremony midfield when Kenny got inducted. And, uh, you know, and, and, and Madden was there to, you know, and honored the, the uh, surviving uh, Stabler family. And, like, that was a really nice moment. Uh, so to see, I mean, who else? I mean, if not him, I mean, Coach Flores, I think one of the coaches, it's got to be one of those two guys. You know what I mean? The, one of those two guys has got to like the final. Although, you know, Flores was so much Los Angeles. I, I, I mean, 
I don't know. I mean, his first Super Bowl was Oakland. I, well, I mean, plus his, <laughs> let's go back to his history as, as a as a player too. So I, I think that there's I think there's a, enough Oakland legacy with Coach Flores. If 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 you don't get Madden, then it's got to be go Coach Flores. And then player wise, I mean, Bolitnikov. I mean, he's probably out of the surviving Raider players. He's got to be. The, I mean, Super Bowl MVP, man. I mean, so I would say maybe Bolitnikov. Yeah, a lot of them have already, you know, lit it and, and autographed it. So maybe, you know, I'm not saying anything bad. Maybe they shouldn't do it. But I, I don't know. I think some of the super fans or some of the fans should be picked out of the, the, you know, the season ticket holders for 10, 15, 20 years. And I think, you know, the Raiders really need to go back to the fans. Maybe have a bunch of the legends and the fans all together do it. I don't know. I was just going to say that that might be the move is that, and I appreciate your sentiment about the fans. And, you know, my show is called Raiders Fan Radio. We, we embrace the fans incredibly and uh, super fans on down. We're all about the, our fandom. Um, I, I love the sentiment. I don't know how realistic that would be to, you know, put Gorilla Rilla and Violator up there to light the flame. Um, I'm sure they would do it in a second. I, we would love to see it. Um, but I like your idea of the legends. Like, get. Ted Hendricks, get Art Shell, get Bolitnikoff, get Villapiano, get, you know what I mean? Get all those guys together, Lester Hayes, you know, and have them do it all collectively. That would be a nice moment. All right. I mean, Al, let me say one last thing and I'll shut up. Al always, his most pride he had in any of his workings as the owner or general partner of the Raiders was his connection to his players. And that's why they all refer to him as Mr. or Coach Davis and still to this day give him the utmost reverence. So I think since it's Al's torch, even more so than a connection to the city of Oakland, the connection to Al, yes, get those players that loved him so much. Very well said. All right, let's do some real, real rapid fire. We're going to go through each each position battle up to points. And who's the winner so far from your perspective and what you heard? Let's start with the punter battle. Who's winning, Johnny Townsend or A.J. Cole? Johnny Townsend. I agree. Johnny Townsend has a slight edge after that performance the other day. Slot wide receiver. I should put J.J. Nelson there, but he's not really a slot wide receiver. Ryan Grant or Hunter Renfro? Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro as well from all the reports. Now, defensive tackle. Let's say the next person next to Maurice Hurst, one of the three. Justin Ellis, Jonathan Hankins, or P.J. Hall? P.J. Hall. I say Jonathan Hankins. So far, battle cornerback, Daryl Worley or Trayvon Mullen? Trayvon Mullen. I say Daryl Worley is leading. He started the game, so I believe he's leading. Mike Glenn, now we got a big one. This was a big week for both quarterbacks, kind of. Mike Glennon or Nathan Peterman? Uh... Nathan Petervick. I'm going to say Mike Glennon, even with those two interceptions. Uh, All right, now, battle left guard. Let's say for the rest of the season after week two. Oh, it's incognito. Okay, yeah, I was going to say incognito. But you believe Jonathan Cooper will be the first two games while incognito suspended? I think he's going to have to be. I think that we're going to pick up somebody off the waiver wire, too. And you know what? Denver Kirkland played a heck of a game there the other night in the preseason, man. He looks good. Yeah, but he played in right guard, didn't he, over Gabe Jackson's injury? Well, we still, we're going to be down two guards, so we're going to need two. Oh, gosh, I don't even want to think about it. All right, now if there's one defensive end that you could solidify besides Cleveland Farrell on the right or left side, whatever it is, which one would it be? Max Crosby, Arden Key, or Benson Mayoa? 
And I've been singing this guy's praise from day one, and I think that he's starting to show it. He showed it in the game by getting his first sack. Arden Key, man, I think that he's got – he set that rush up beautifully with a bull rush and bull rushed him all game long, or at least for the, the first part of the game, and then gave him that one dip, man, and boom, and he was on the quarterback. And you could see Arden Key's length when he got there, finally show up. And I've been saying this for a long time. That guy's been a – was a step away – so many times last year well with good coaching maturity you know hard work that step gets shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter and i think finally he's going to start making up that last little bit of ground and we're going to see a big year at Arden key yeah i'm still going to give it to benson mayoa the veteran because we didn't see him on the field and they normally sit their starters on game one we did see max crosby a little bit early and we saw arden key the whole game so maybe they truly believe in him as well but I go with Benson Mayo. And now battle fullback, I mean, I think the winner's clear. Uh, Alec Ingold, I think, is going to win it, even though Keith Smith is injured. What say you? I say Keith Smith because he is a former guest of Raiders Fan Radio, and until he's not a Raider, he will be my favorite Raider. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. All right. If any of these players make the team from undrafted free agency, who do you believe it'll be, Tavon Cooney or Koa Farmer? Koa Farmer. All right, I'm going to go Tavon Cooney. I hate saying that word. <laughs> it sounds like an old bad word for some reason, Cooney. I don't know why. <laughs> it sounds really weird to me. All right, battle tight end, uh, Luke Wilson or Darren Waller? Darren Waller, man. I love Darren Waller. I think he's going to be the biggest surprise in our offense this year. Yeah, they played Darren Waller a little bit, but Luke Wilson didn't play. That was very interesting. I say Darren Waller, too, now. Battle safety, if there is two tandem safeties, uh, it, will it be LaMarcus Joyner and Jonathan Abram or Jonathan Abram and Carl Joseph or Carl Joseph and LaMarcus Joyner? This is no battle. This All three of these guys are going to probably start. I mean, when the you heard, I forget who it was. I think it was uh, Mayock. It might have been Gruden. But anyways, one of them talked about LaMarcus Joyner when he played safety and now come over cut now comes over as one of the best slot cover guys in the league. So I think they pretty much just have, you know, there's not much to interpret there. I think he's going to, can he play safety? Sure. But I think you're going to see him cover, you know, that that third uh, wide receiver a lot more often. Yeah, I believe Jamarcus Joyner is probably going to play cornerback a lot. But I believe it'll be uh, Abram and Lamarcus Joyner for the most part. Uh, who out of these undrafted free agents makes the roster if one or two or three? Keelan Dosh? Lester Cotton Sr., Tavon Cooney, Ronald Dolly, we all know is gone. Coa Farmer or Alec Ingold? Uh, just by the math, you got to thank Lester Cotton, right? Because we yeah. need guards. So That is absolutely true. Keelan Doss had a nice showing and a touchdown, as we're going to talk about. So I'm going to say Keelan Doss somehow makes the team and Alec Ingold. And, uh, yeah, that's it. I'm not even going to give it to Lester Cotton. Uh, which veteran gets cut is on the roster bubble? Brandon Marshall? Eddie Vanderdosh, James Kowser. I don't know why J.J. Nelson's there. He shouldn't be there anymore. Or DeAndre Washington. Or Mike Glennon. You know, just to remain consistent, I'll say Eddie Vanderdosh because I've said for a while now, I didn't, I didn't, he really hadn't progressed much. And I know he's been fighting injuries. You never want to evaluate a player entirely who's been playing injured. But I got a feeling like Eddie Vanderdosh really hasn't, hasn't developed like the Raiders wanted him to. Um, so that's going to continue to be my answer. But I think Kowser, man. Kowser's looking, I mean, 
I like the guy. He's, he's a fun guy to root for just because of his background. And you know what I mean? He's, he's, a, he's a pretty fun and funny guy. But I got a feeling he's going to be the one. You watch Hard Knocks lock into this guy here about yeah, week they, three. They will. They will. I agree. I think it's going to be Eddie Vanderdosh and James Cowser somehow. All right, let's get into the game review. We just had the first preseason game of the preseason. Did that sound right? We just had the first preseason First game preseason of the- game of the preseason, yeah. Right, appreciate yeah, I can't say, say that. But the Raiders won. I remember a couple seasons back, the Raiders couldn't even score a touchdown till the fourth quarter of the fourth preseason game. So I, I, I was really thrilled with what I saw. So I'll just give you my quick little instant reaction. I really okay. like I really like the defense, and I like what the coaches planned for each individual quarterback in their first series. It seemed like they might have had the first – 10 plays for each quarterback when they came in, like set in stone. They practiced them a lot because they look good on every opening drive, every quarterback that went in. So I really liked what I saw from that. And the defense, whether they played against second, third strings, or it's only the first game of the preseason, I don't care. The young players stopped the Rams. The Rams are a good team. They are coached by good people as well. And our young defense came to play, and Paul Gunther had these players running around the field. And we stopped them, and we won the game. I enjoyed what I saw from this young team. Yeah, I agree with you. I thought it was a lot of fun uh, to watch. I typically don't get too wound up about preseason games because, you know, they're just player player evaluation periods. That's all these things are. They're just glorified practices is all they are. And, in fact, uh, the coaches now, with the way that they're scrimmaging, uh, you know, they like the scrimmage time better uh, at the joint practices because they can protect their quarterbacks and then they can install anything that they need to install and run anything that they need to run. So um, so that's the way I, I look at these things. So I try to keep it all in context. And I just look for certain players uh, to shine and certain players to stick out. And um, I'm far from a tape study guy, but I just look at, you know, do they pass the eye test? I know enough about mechanics to be dangerous and to coach youth football, but certainly not uh, at at the professional level or anything significant like that. Um, So, you know, when I look at like the way that the game Trayvon Mullen had, you know, he's a big, strong guy, man. Like he looked good. Also looked good wearing number 27, Lester's old number. Like that was pretty cool seeing that. I mentioned Arden Key. You know, I thought he looked really good. Of course, Peterman was fun to watch. Um, I'll tell you something. I don't know what broadcast you watched, but, you know, hearing – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a lot about legacy tonight. Hearing Matt Millen in the booth with Beth. After, after – yeah, with Beth after, and Rich Gannon after, you know – uh, going through successful uh, heart transplant surgery yeah. and to hear him in the booth and in there telling stories and, uh, you know, about, about the Raiders. And, uh, you know, that was a guy that for those of you that aren't old enough to remember, he, you know, Matt Millen was, he was one of the, the, the dogs on that defense, man. Like, you know, then that 83 defense. And I mean, he was an absolute beast and he's just, you know, I know he gets a lot of uh, flack for what turned into his front office career, but as a Raider, this dude was, I mean, as Raider as you can get. And so uh, knowing that and remembering that about him, uh, hearing him come back and, and announce for the team, that was, that was really poetic. So good health to him. And and uh, that sounds like he's making a full recovery, which is insane. Yeah. So um, who was your standout, your MVP and your breakout from the game while I show stats on screen? You know, I think Peterman caught us all by surprise, man. I mean, now you kind of see why, 
you know, Gruden likes this guy. And, you know, because you hear the name Nathan Peterman, you're like, ooh, like cringe. Like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> The media made know. us do that because of the bad games. Well, the, the, hey, look, I don't need the media to tell me the guy threw five interceptions in That's one true. half. Like, I saw that with my own eyes. You know what I mean? Like, so you knowing that, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what are we doing? Well, now you see. So, I mean, clearly there's talent there. And, you know, so I think that was the most surprising to me. Um so, you know, based on that su- surprise, then I guess you would call that a standout. Um, the, uh, in terms of the defense, you, you referenced how well they played, and I, I thought that was really cool. Um, but I was really surprised also by the lack of discipline of the Rams. Now, I, I know we're talking about second-string players. We're not talking about Todd Gurley and Jared Goff and those guys. But still, you would think with the Sean McVay coach team, they'd have been a little more disciplined. Dude, the flags were flying like crazy. Special and they were teams. dumb. Yeah, they were dumb penalties. This isn't like you're talking about, you know, these are like lineup penalties and you're like holding calls and these are like very preventable type situations. So I was I was surprised. Those are the two things to me. Yeah, special teams was really bad on both sides in terms of penalties and the offensive line for the Raiders as well. I'm sure because of the injuries or whatnot, but man, the penalties, there was 22 penalties in the entire, I'm sorry, 23 penalties in the entire game. 12 were for the Rams, and um, 11 were for the Raiders. Uh, so we're looking at the stats on screen. Um, I didn't like what I saw out of the run game, except from DeAndre Washington. Um, even, yeah, he played well. Even with the, the players that helped DeAndre Washington break those holes, none of the other players could do anything. Butler, Mac Brown, they looked bad. I, don't, I didn't like it at all. Just my thoughts. <laughs> Preseason. Preseason. All right. Hey, I love it, man. It's all I got, Murph. It's all I got, Murph. <laughs> I got you in preseason football right now. <laughs> I got you, brother. There's the wide receiver stats. Uh, did anybody stand out from you from the wide receiver group? Uh, well, J.J. Nelson had a heck of a catch, man. Yeah. It's hard to ignore that. Uh, you know, that was pretty impressive. Keelan Doss's catch, you know, going to his knees there in the end zone. That was that was nice. Keon Hatcher, I mean, is he going to be for the second year in a row our standout preseason favorite? Like, and then you know, be cut, uh, and then be and cut. Then get cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I mean, so I think all those guys kind of kind of stood out a little bit. Rico Gafford showed his speed, man. That guy is so fast. Um, so that was that was pretty cool. But you know, other than that, um, L had that uh, Pearson L had that nice return. Uh, that was very, uh, you know, that was that was that was a nice moment, especially after he, he uh, muffed that one earlier. So I'd say if I had to pick one, uh, I'd go with I'd go with Keon Hatcher, man. It was just two catches for uh, for forty five, as we see there on the screen, man. But um, I thought they stood out, you know, twenty two yards a catch. That's a pretty good average. Yeah, I mean, I liked what I saw from with that many wide receivers on the screen. It means they got almost everybody involved, and that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to spread the ball around. And then look on that that screen. There's a lot of running backs with catches out of the backfield. So that proves that Gruden is going to use players like Josh Jacobs and Jalen Richard a lot because the running backs had a lot of catches. So I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, Nelson, yeah, man, his speed and him going up for the ball, high-pointing it was beautiful. But Hunter Renfro, they tried to get him started across the middle, and it didn't happen. But they're definitely going to get better. And I, I liked what I saw out of the tight ends. But, boy, the running backs is the truth. Is that they actually pass the ball as an outlet to the running backs a lot. 
And then on defense, we had Nevin Lawson leading the team. You could barely read it. Uh, but he might be suspended for PEDs any day now. As he spoke about it on Twitter, he apologized. Uh, but I think the secondary played fantastic, whether it be the cornerbacks or the safeties. I think they were around the ball all the time. Um, and then if you want to speak on the defense, and then we'll we'll get into the special teams. Yeah, I mean, as good as the defense looked, I think a lot of it was the Rams really, you know, like I said, they did, they looked very unorganized on offense, and they looked very undisciplined. And I think that certainly helped out uh, our defense quite a bit. But, again, I'm going I'm to go back to it just because I'm freaking rooting for them so hard. Arden Key, man, with the sack. Like, that was a really cool moment. I mean, as far as moments in the preseason go, that's a pretty good one to see a for guy him to get, get his first sack. sack in the yeah, first was, game, and he only had one last year. Exactly. That was legit, man. That was cool. Uh, yeah, so quick question from Mike Y. He said, after record, or what will the Raiders' preseason record be? Well, I picked him to go 0-4, if you remember, when we did our prediction show, because you know how I feel about the preseason. So uh, now that we've won one, I'm going to go 1-3. and three. All right. I, get, <laughs> I said the Raiders are going to go 4-0, and or I might have said 3-1. and one. All right, I'll stick to 3-1. and one. All right, here's the punt returns from DeMornay Pearson L., he was very bad. I did not like seeing him back there. He had the nice kick return, but he looked confused at times from, from my perspective, especially on punt returns, maybe not kickoffs. Uh, but there's the kicking battle of the punting. A.J. Cole, four for 172 with the longest of 49, and Johnny Townsend hit a boomer of 55 yeah, yards and another 45-yarder. He averaged 38 last year at most, so... That battle is heating up. Uh, I cannot wait to see that battle moving forward. All right, quick preview of this Thursday night's game. What are you looking forward to? You know, what do you predict, predict project? Who do you want to see? What do you think is going to happen? I don't know the questions. I'm going to ride this theme into the ground on this show. I want to see Arden Key sack Kyler Murray. How cool would that be? That'd be pretty amazing. Or I- even better yet, See Cleveland Farrell, see Cleveland Farrell uh, sack uh, uh, Tyler Murray after all the speculation about. Oops. It'll come back little by little. Are we there? You got me now? I got you now. Okay. So uh, even more poetic than maybe Arden Key would be to see Cleveland Farrell get to uh, Kyler Murray, considering all the speculation that went around about whether we were going to draft Kyler Murray or not, and all that kind of stuff. To see our number one draft pick or our first round draft pick get to their first round draft pick, that would be pretty poetic. Yeah, I, I expect a big game from the safeties again and hopefully sacking Kyler Murray out of the backfield. But our run defense tore up the Rams last week. So I want to watch them against whether it be David Johnson or any of the Cardinals running backs, and I want to see them build upon what they did last week. I mean, and it's going to be nice for the team to see a, let's call him a running quarterback or athletic quarterback. It's going to be fun for the, the, the team to game plan for Kyler Murray because they're going to face a player like Patrick Mahomes a lot. So you kind of want to use Kyler Murray as a Patrick Mahomes example, you know, for that game. So i I'm really looking forward to that. And I predict, I think the Raiders are going to win. The Raiders are going to win 21 to 16. What about you, Murph? Is They're going to lose, apparently, according to your record. Yeah, they're going to lose 30 to 3 because it's the preseason. And none of it matters. It's all about player evaluation. 
Woo! Murph's on fire today! Yay! <laughs> All right, it's time for the bonus segment where we get into some bonus fun type talk to end today's show. Just a reminder, call the Raider Rant hotline, leave a question for me and Murph, and you will be on the show. But leave it simple, under 30 seconds, and you will hopefully be on the show. Just want to remind everybody, we do have Mondays with Mikey and Murph t-shirts for sale. We got the On Air Nation t-shirts that Murph is supporting my channel with for sale. Link down below. And on Murph's channel, you got the Get Made shirts, if you will, to support our channels. Because we have to shale, shale, shale on every channel. Then we got this cool little t-shirt. And then we got the Murph's Fan Cave we got the on. Yeah, I hey, got to show hey, the pictures. Hey. And then, all right, let's get into the fun. Stop selling people on everything. Hey, hey, if. Go for it. Well, and hey, and if you'll just humor me for one second, all the proceeds of those Get Made shirts all go to the Bolitnikoff Foundation. We are giving away 100% of the money, uh, and we are presenting it to them live at their annual Crab Fest fundraiser. That is in November on the 1st before the Lions home game or the home game against the Lions. And so we're giving all that money away. So is, uh, please support us so we can support them in turn by donating to the foundation. 100% of the money goes, and it's a cool shirt. Yeah, it is. And links will be down below to everything Murph after the show. And you can go to MurphFanCave.com. Thank you very much, for Murph, for you to be able to do that. Because I'm technically not at a place where I can do that right now for, for all of you guys. And I really, really respect it, Murph. All right. So there was a face app thank for you. Facebook. No, thank you, brother. So there was a an app where it makes people look old, right? So Raider Post made this post of me looking old. And when I saw this, I said, wait a second. I'm Murph's co-host on this channel as well. And I look exactly like your co-host on your channel. I look exactly like Mosh. Look at that. Murph, you keep choosing the same funny people to be your co-host. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, well, you. Can, I guess I know what my uh, what my 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 uh, what am I calling it? The uh, uh, the. Oh my gosh! What am I trying to say? I know what my the uh, not the format, but the what am I? Not your characteristics. What is it, Mikey? Help me. The uh, the structure. The it's like I when you find works, a girl. Guess, like when you find a girlfriend. So, yeah, or something. That's pretty funny, man. You guys do look a lot alike. It's it's hilarious. You keep picking the same people. If we were on yeah, Tinder, yeah, 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 yeah. you would swipe right. You would <laughs> swipe right for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that well, was. Oh, yeah, I would. I thought that was a funny coincidence. So, um, all right, Murph, we're going to get into a contest called Name This Raider. And um, here's some information about this Raider. He's six foot three, 195 pounds. He was born on March 19th, 1965. Don't look it up. Don't cheat. He's from New York. He played at Penn State College. I'm not looking. I know, I know, I know. Uh, his high school was Piscatary, New Jersey. He was drafted by the L.A. Raiders in the eighth round, 199th overall of the 1988 NFL draft. He had 16 receptions for 302 yards and one touchdown, and he only played for the Raiders for one year. Yeah, you want to know how I know you know that I'm not looking it up on my phone? Because you're showing it to me. Yeah, yeah, and I have no idea who this is. In fact, I do know who this is, but I don't remember. 
because I remember he wore 89. And when we uh, traded Cooper, I was looking for famous 89s because people were asking me what to do with their jersey. And I kept telling them Ronald Curry to take the Cooper off and put Curry on the back. And then I was like, but there's got to be somebody else. So I went and researched to see if there was another 89. And I remember coming across this guy, but no, I don't remember what his name is. He has the first same name as me. There's another clue. Mikey Raider. <laughs> no, Michael, but all right. I know Michael it, Raider. Yeah, it's a tough one, dude. Trust me. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to show it because some dude is going to watch this show and know it. <laughs> his name is Mike Alexander. He was there a wide, wide receiver for the Raiders for one year, and that's his official stats show. I don't know. I thought that was fun. Pretty uh, good stuff. All right, there it is. Hunter Renfro representing the Mondays with Mikey and Murph MTV feature. And, you know, now with this Area 51 hashtag that's going around, you know, we have to ask you the question, Murph. First off, are aliens real? And would you storm Area 51? Uh, I don't believe in aliens, so therefore I don't believe they're real. Uh, Is it feasible that in a vast universe like what we have is there somebody is there other living tissue out there i'm probably i mean the odds are but i don't you know i don't think that like we're getting visited by them and all that kind of stuff so and then and then would uh and then would i storm area 51 no because i don't feel like getting shot and or nuked uh this weekend so or whatever this thing is so no i will not be storming area 51 yeah uh i'm such a unique weird person if you will so you asked me the question are aliens real Look, I don't even know if space exists right now. That's in the state of mind I'm in. You guys can make fun of me till the cows come home. That's fine. But here's an interesting report, Murph. There was an Israeli uh, spaceship or let's call it a shuttle. But apparently just this month or in July, an Israeli spaceship landed on the moon and left organisms on the moon. Apparently, it's a real story. Cool. Look it up. Look it up. Uh, so they're alien organisms, and apparently, an Israeli spaceship left them on the moon. So yeah, aliens are real, and they're Israeli. Apparently, I, I don't know. <laughs> Israelis are known for their space program, so that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I don't know. I just couldn't believe it when I saw it. I was like, why isn't it on every television that they landed on the moon? I don't know. Uh, would I storm Area Fifty One if I can get out of the house? get my health right man i would love to it would be fun uh but i don't want to die or i don't want to get shot either so i'll probably just stay at home and watch the raiders and make a video Uh, (laughs) thanks for dealing with that i thought i thought it was fun all right we're gonna get into. you know how i am on all that stuff man i know i i try to play in the sandbox with you but i I, you know i don't i don't know i'm not a good when it comes to that stuff. I'm sorry. Hey, they, they, it was a Raider question. They asked all the Raider players, and a lot of them were like, yeah, aliens are real. Like, I know a lot of uh, illegal aliens or something. They made jokes like that. So it was a funny thing. All right, this is the segment where if you leave a question for me and Murph, under 30 seconds, we will have you on the show. We will do a show every week. Let's get into the first question by a guy named That Money Man talking about Antonio Brown. Hey, this time Money Raider James, man, coming from Chicago, man. Man, is Antonio Brown going to turn into Sean Smith? Like, when we picked up Sean Smith that one year, he was a good shutdown corner, then he came in and just get torched. 
So is Antonio Brown going to be that guy we can even count on? I just want your opinion, man. Raider Nation. So the Money Man Raider asked, is Antonio Brown going to be like Sean Smith where you bring him to the team and you bring him to be a shutdown player and he does nothing but heartache? What say you on that? Is Antonio Brown going to be the next Sean Smith? Um, yeah, I mean, when you have a player coming to your team that's a future Hall of Famer, you have a certain level of expectation of production. Um, I don't think Sean Smith was that. But, uh, yeah, if, if, if this doesn't work out, yeah, I think we'll be disappointed. Do I think it's going to be that way? No. Or do I trust his work ethic and his commitment and, and Derek Carr and the coaching and all that? I trust it's going to work just fine. I don't know if that's going to equate to us winning – you know, 10 plus football games and making the playoffs or not, but yeah, he's going to get his and the Raiders are going to be prolific on offense. I know that. So anything short of that. Yeah. It's a letdown. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think he'll be, you know, that bad of a Raider. It's just starting out with a little bit of turmoil, but I think it's going to, you know, stable out as soon as the season starts and we get on the field, I think it's going to stable out and everything is going to be fine. But it, it is starting off a little rocky, and I don't like the way it's starting. But that being said, I'm still proud to have AB on the team, and I'm looking forward to Derek Carr and him throwing a lot of touchdowns. All right, let's get into the next question by Eric. I think his name is Lakers Raiders fan, and he asked a question about is the media lying about Antonio Brown? I think it's just bull crap. I think the media is just trying to shut us down. I think that we get this together. By the way, my name's Eric, the Lakers slash Raiders fan. What's up, Mikey? Shout out. So there it is. So uh, he asked the question whether, you know, the media is trying to divide us or basically fake news about Antonio. Uh, what say you on that situation, Murph? Yeah, you know, the media has always had it in for the Raiders. I mean, that's not new. So, uh, you know, Raider Nation, don't get fueled by this kind of stuff you know don't get fueled to where you're we're in fighting we're fighting with other raider fans and it's turning into this battle between the fans and all it's just silly man and and because we're just allowing these entities to do this to us whether it's sports media or otherwise nowadays the way that reporting works everyone has an agenda and whether it's your agenda or not determines whether you think that it's factual or accurate or, or you know reputable or whatever but everyone's got one and it doesn't matter if again if it's politics or it's anything everyone's got an agenda and if you, you think i'm wrong then i would encourage you to seek multiple outlets and look see for yourself and that's the way that it is so that's why you get completely different sentiments from somebody like mike silver versus somebody like um jerry mcdonald because their their agendas are different so what you got to do as a fan and I say this all the time, I think on this show, and I know on our other show as well, and I, at the risk of getting on a soapbox, it's, it's this. Take it all in, and then you decide. And you, the proverbial you, you figure it out. You decide for yourself, Raider Nation, of what you think is, is, is the truth. Because I promise you, you're going to get this side, and you're going to get this side, and the truth is somewhere in the middle. The world is not black and white. It's one big gray area. And right, it's all about interpretation. You know, not everything is so specific and done for such specific reasons and done with for such a specific cause. And and but that's the way that it's reported. Is it like, well, this equals that? Well, no, sometimes this doesn't equal that. Sometimes this is just this. And if you don't like it, well then tough. 
You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think that the media definitely slants against the Raiders. It always has because it hated Al Davis. The NFL hated Al Davis because he sued him and won. And then he packed up his team and left. And they all got pissed off. So here we go back to the legacy again. The legacy of the Raiders is that the media has it out for us. And if you don't know that, think on it because it's true. So what you have to do is you have to consider the sources and make up your own damn mind. And I would advise you to do that in all facets of your life, Raider Nation. Yeah, so I appreciate the question. Um, Even though you didn't say technically that it's fake news or whatnot, uh, you were asking, is the media making it up or are they dividing us? I don't think they are technically trying to divide us. They're trying to make money. They're trying to make headlines. And the, the Raiders make news people money that's why there's multiple raider channels right now guys not only me who started many years ago there's a lot of them that just popped up because they're making money off of our raiders and that's not a bad thing but that's their decision to make money so they want the headlines but i don't consider the antonio brown story fake news because it's not and there's too many reports that he's on his phone or missing meetings for it to be completely fake. The reports had to come from somewhere. Otherwise, hopefully, you would think people like Michael Silver wouldn't announce it. But they technically do on occasions where they make up their own stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't technically think the media the, is the trying problem to is, come after us. I think they're trying to make money. The problem is, yes, you're right. Because here's what the follow-up to that is. is then what I said going all the way back to the beginning of the show. The follow-up is then speculation because the reporter or whoever it may be from fan-generated media like the people you just mentioned, because and face it, if you're a YouTuber, you're a fan. Uh, if you're a professional, you're on freaking TV or something. Um, and I know you can make money on YouTube and all that, but you know who you are out there. You're just fans. And so if you th- – those guys that put that stuff out there and, 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 and the official reporters, the guys that are official credential with the team and all that – the problem isn't just reporting the story. The problem is that when they say, and that means this, and because this happened, then it means this. That's them then speculating. This is why I have such a problem with Mike Silver. If you remember, Raider Nation, this was the guy that told us Derek Carr was disgruntled about his contract negotiations and was considering not signing with the team. That's what this guy, that's what his legacy is. This is the kind of crap because he said, Derek Carr was unhappy, so therefore it's going to mean this. But it didn't mean any of that because he was speculating. The story was Derek Carr wants to get his contract signed sooner than later. Period. Stop. The end. That's what the story was because that's what the truth was. The truth was Derek Carr was anxious to get his new contract done because he didn't want to think about it during the course of the season. Then the speculation takes up and it says, well, that means he's unhappy. That means that he wants to sit out. That means he wants to go play somewhere else. I mean, that's the problem that with all this. And that's you're right. All this A-B stuff, there's a lot of truth to a lot of what these folks say. But then they have to stop, but they can't help themselves because they make money when they say, and then it means this. Because guess what? Then you, the proverbial you on it then you respond to it then you vote it up or you vote it down and every time you touch your goddamn mouse and keyboard it makes them money so if you want this stuff to stop guess what don't look at it don't read it pass when you when you when you're scrolling through twitter and you see that mike silver has a big giant thread ignore it
I just hate when I have an opinion on something. Everybody hates me if it's not positive. It's like, oh, you got to be positive about every single thing. Well, I'm just going to let you know I've been having issues with that mentally. And I've been thinking, like, do I have to be fake? And I don't want to be fake on YouTube. Whether, no. it's, whether it's against my Raiders or Antonio Brown at one moment or Derek Carr another moment. Like, I hate the fact that I feel like I have to be fake with an opinion. Or should I even put an opinion out there? Again, I question myself. Should I even put an opinion out there? So it's really a hard thing for me, Murph, that I've been dealing with lately. Because, you know, I just don't know what to do sometimes. I don't know if you have an answer on that. But, boy, I've been hurting lately with all that. I think you got to live in the truth, man. And then what people do with that truth is up to them. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not going to give Raider Nation a lesson in codependency, but just because I think something and then you go on and, and you take that, however you take it, well, that's yours to own. That's not mine. So if you want to share your opinion with Raider Nation, I don't, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what people love to hear from you. So no, keep sharing your opinion. But the difference is, and here's where, where the lines get blurry. You're perfectly clear with all your listeners, with all your viewers. This is my opinion. This is me as Mikey Raider. Here's what I think. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with speculating under that fashion, under those terms. The problem is, is when you're a credentialed writer, you're a res- supposedly respected reporter, Peter King or whoever else, and then you go out there and you report the news plus your opinion, and you don't differentiate between the two. That's the problem. And that's the problem with all of our media nowadays, is that the news doesn't, and it doesn't matter what side you're on, this is not a left thing or right thing or anything. All of them do it. It's just that they give you the news and their opinion and don't establish the difference between the two. You do. So well, I applaud I, you. That's Mikey, if you, were, if you were one of those people, I wouldn't do a show with you. I wouldn't feature the audio version of this show on my network because I'm proud of the fact that we live in the truth. And I give my opinion all the time. I've been giving my opinion this whole thing. But that's it. I'm a fan with an opinion. It's not news. Does it hopefully maybe give you a fresh way to think about something? That's that's all I can hope for. Are we funny and entertaining when we're giving you what our opinions are? That's all that we can hope for. But it is not news. I'm not affiliated with the team. You know what I mean? I get an occasional player or past player on my show once in a while, but I'm not affiliated with the team. I'm a fan just like everybody else listening and watching right now. I, I agree. I just hate losing people because of an opinion. And in today's world, whether it be politics or or anything else, even conspiracies or whatever, whenever somebody goes online or makes a video or tells their truth, it just seems like more people hate their truth than more people that will just accept their truth. You know what I mean? Like, so you lose people that you wanted to respect and it just hurts my soul. But hey, that being said, that's it. That's it for today's show, guys. We actually got it in in an hour and a half, which we're going to try to do so every week um, moving forward because we got to watch Monday Night Football every Monday. So we're going to do all that stuff. So I want to thank you guys for everybody that donated and supported today. And everybody, check out Murph's Fan Cave. Links will be below. And support him, the T-shirts, Fred Belintnikoff. And just support Murph as a creator. And you know what? Get his subscriber base up. Because I'm tired of seeing everybody else, you know, get their comeuppance when they don't put in half as much work or they're not really a fan. I'm really tired of that. 
in this community. So get his subscribers up. Give him some likes. Share his damn videos because they all deserve it. That being said, go for it, Merce. Say goodbye to the nation. Thank you, Mikey. I I really do appreciate that sentiment. It's YouTube.com slash MercedFanCave. Yes, please subscribe to us. Um, And any of the support that we get. Look, if you click on our stuff and any revenue we generate, we give it all 100% to Blitnikoff Foundation. That's not to begrudge anybody making money at it. It doesn't begrudge my friend Mikey for what he does. It's just that what we're able to do with it, uh, thankfully. So just know that. And we would love to see our subscriber list uh, jump up there. I think we're at like 1,600 right now. And we would love to have it. Uh, be a, be a much higher number. So thank you to all of those of you that support us in that way. Uh, and then I want to I want to appreciate the chat. You know I can't see the chat when we're doing the show, but uh, much like when we do Raiders Fan Radio, I know we have a very very active chat room during Mondays with Mikey and Murph. And I appreciate every single one of you and your interactions. And I always go back and read the entirety of the chat. So uh, even though I can't shout you out uh, the chat or give you respect in the moment, uh, just know that I always go back and check it out and appreciate many of you like Pirate1975 and uh, Watts Raider and those guys that I see that are regulars in there. Thank you very much to you all for supporting what we do. And, uh, and, and yeah, much love to you, even though I can't see it during the show. But I sometimes I forget to mention that. And it's really important because without you all, we don't it's just Mikey and I talk to each other on the phone, which is fun. But you know what I mean? It's nice to have an audience. Unless we get a swaggy Jeff to do our chat room <laughs> on the side. Yeah. It's hard because we both got multiple screens, you know, and audio files and, and all this other stuff trying to do this and present this silly, if you will, show to you guys. But again, we thank you very much. Tune in each and every Monday around uh, 4 p.m. Pacific. And we will get you another doozy. Murph, I'm going to be honest with you guys today. I'm going to do a quick little recap. Boy, you were pissing me off early. You were animated. I felt like we were literally getting in our our third fight. No, man. It's all love, brother. I never. Your face went red. Well, I got a passion for this football team is all. And then. And it, you know, and most of my 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 fieriness tonight was fueled by, like I said, my brother uh, yesterday on the phone. I just kind of carried it over into the show. But uh, no, man, it was it, this is a lot of fun. You know, I love you, man. And any, please don't ever take my uh, my my emotion or uh, high spirits about this stuff ever personally because it's never we've never been we, we've you, been man. through worse. But we definitely with Gruden, we've never seen eye to eye officially. No, we sure <laughs> haven't. We haven't. We, sure we have, have not. Uh-uh. We have not. No, because I'm a bo- I'm a bootlicker. Remember, I'm the apologist as the as the uh, you're a car apologist. Yes, and as the chat room would would accuse me of being many many times, but that's okay. I love it because you know what, my show's called Raiders Fan Radio because I'm a Raider fan, so I'm an unapologetic fan. And yes, I will defend this team because it's freaking the Raiders, man. Yeah, I read something on Twitter. I posted a stupid political tweet, and I, I don't know how you got involved in it, but people are like, oh, you're being like Murph, political or something. I was like, well, it doesn't involve Murph. I was just it's saying. Funny. It's funny. I love how people have already determined what my political values are based on tweets. Like, and I, because I don't tweet about politics. I just follow people and like people and whatever, like like certain tweets or whatever, and they just have like an automatic opinion about what, and that's what I'm talking about. And that's all fueled by the media. They feel like, oh, well, if you do this, that means you're this. No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean you're anything. I'm just We're telling all just humans, man. We're all just trying to love on each other. That's all. Correct. And if I could end it, I'm gonna be political. I don't care what anybody says. I want a president. Right. I want a president that acts presidential. That's all I'm gonna all right. say. 
I just I want think we can all agree with that. Whether it means I like him or I don't, I just want somebody that acts presidential like a man. That's I agree. It. That I think we can all 100% agree with, regardless of where you come out on the aisle. Somebody with some... John Madden for president. Let's go. I'd vote for him tomorrow. Oh, so would I. He'll bring out the seven-man sled, and the, <laughs> he'll he'll get the cabinet, you know, the the, uh, the seven-man the sled with the cabinet. He'll be like, hit that, hit that like you're making a new law, like a new gun law. Hit that like you're making a new agenda. It'd be great. I don't know. We're being silly. All right, let's get on out of here. Everybody, thanks for tuning in to Mondays with Mike and Murph, and we shall see you next time. And let's sing the song and get on out of here. Murph, are you ready for the thumbs? I'm ready, brother. I got them locked and loaded. Murph's got his famous thumbs. Let's do this. Everybody, sing it with us. This has been Mondays with Mikey and Murph. We talked Raiders and Antonio Brown dirt. We are the newest, awesomest Raider show. We're having a good time. Let's go. This has been the number one talk show Mondays with Mikey and Murph. We'll see you next week, Raider Nation. Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating vehicles to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. This year celebrates eight years and more than 750 vehicles donated. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. Total Wine has thousands of wines to savor and pairings for every flavor. Spirits line the shelves. Gifts are easy with helpful elves. A wonderland to explore. Total Wine and more. Drink responsibly, B21. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com.